Hello, and welcome to the first podcast of the Mainly Matters Nonprofit Report. My name is Jared McCannell, and I'll be your host for today, May 19th, 2021. Moving forward, we'll be having guest hosts, call-in guests, co-hosts, and other voices from around the nonprofit landscape of Maine. But for today, we'll jump right into our Mainly Matters news updates from the nonprofit sector, from a variety of online sources, as well as discussion with myself this week about my recent experiences running a small nonprofit in Maine over the last year. With no further ado, Mainly Matters nonprofit news. Our main story today is the announcement that Seeds of Peace Camp in Otisfield will not be accepting international student participants this summer. As reported in the Sun Journal and on Maine Public Radio on May 17th, the camp will go a second year without Israeli or Palestinian participants. This comes at a particularly tense time for Israeli-Palestinian relations as protests have turned into volleys of missiles happening back and forth in and around Gaza. Now, Maine has a rich history regarding international relations and peace dialogue. Voices of reason in extreme times, like Margaret Chase Smith, Edmund Muskie, George Mitchell, amongst others, have always been something Maine can be very proud of. I had a number of friends at the University of Southern Maine when I was a student some 20 years ago that had, a, that had participated in the Seeds of Peace program, Israeli and Palestinian friends. We'll see if we can get any of them on the phone in, in an upcoming episode as a follow-up. And I believe that the former Samantha Smith Peace Camp from back in the late 80s, early 90s was in the same neighborhood, uh, either in Otisfield or in Poland or Poland Springs, somewhere in that area. I'm curious if the Samantha Smith Peace Camp became Seeds of Peace at the same location, or if it's just coincidental that uh, that part of Maine, so peaceful, is a great place to have international dialogue. Who knows? Uh, either way, Maine's a very peaceful place to be, especially in the summer and uh, most certainly on a pond. Seeds of Peace will be accepting U.S. participants this year, but will certainly miss out on the intercultural dialogue that the international participants bring to the table. For more on this, check out the Sun Journal, sunjournal.com. The story, I believe, was originally aired on the, or printed on the 14th of this month. And if you want to look into how you could support Seeds of Peace in securing future international participation, you can visit their website at seedsofpeace.org. Now, news and updates from around the state. And first, we are going to refer to the Maine Association of Nonprofits website. They have a newsroom. It looks like nothing was posted recently, so I will just jump right over to the Learn tab. Now, Maine Association of Nonprofits offers wonderful trainings and workshops and a variety of other opportunities for nonprofit professionals uh, to increase both their uh, knowledge of the sector, as well as their own professionalism, and of course, strengthen nonprofits all around. Uh, these sort of trainings could focus on anything from being a director of a nonprofit or how to build a stronger board, how to engage board members, how to engage volunteers, and so on and so forth. Now, they have a number of core and recurring programs listed on the site. Uh, those are great to check out. Those are happening you know, usually annually or regularly throughout the year. Um, and then they've got an upcoming events section, and that's a different tab, but you can click over to that and see what's uh, coming up. And it looks like um, we have a 
Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion workshop coming up on June 8th. And I uh, would highly recommend checking that out. That's a really good workshop to participate in for anyone at any time, but especially uh, right now. And there's a number of other great programs coming up about financial management, governance and leadership, marketing and communications, and so on and so forth. Uh, but my personal favorite, staff and volunteer management. That's coming up uh, June 8th, I believe. There's a human resources workshop. Uh, I believe it's a webinar and a number of other volunteer management related topics as well. So check out the Maine Association of Nonprofits website. Their job board is probably the best in the state uh, in regard to posting or looking for uh, nonprofit employment opportunities. And let's jump over to Maine Philanthropy News. Again, we're just visiting their website, mainephilanthropy.org. And it looks like there are a number of grants coming up and a number of other programs to support grants. Uh, there is an informational webinar for Healthy People, Healthy Places grantees, uh, excuse me, for grant seekers. And that will be on May 7th. Oh, that was just two days ago. Okay, May 17th. Uh, and it looks like there's a number of other news related topics, but they're all from a few weeks ago. So we'll just skip over this for now. And as our pilot episode, we're testing out a few different techniques and we'll see if uh, live web stuff is uh, worth looking into or if we should prescript everything. <laughs> okay, well, let's jump right on uh, from nonprofit news to our nonprofit highlight. And this week, we are going to be highlighting Penobscot Bay Language School. Currently, I serve as the executive director. So this is a, an easy, this low-hanging fruit for our pilot episode. And I'm just going to go ahead and jump into some of our standard questions for our future guests and take it from there. So tell us about Penobscot Bay Language School. Well, PBLS, or Penobscot Bay Language School, founded in 1986, is a nonprofit language school and center for cultural exchange. We've served over 6,000 locals and 500 international students of all ages through language classes and cultural programming and immersions. Over three decades later, we continue to promote our mission, which is to develop and provide opportunities for the people of Midcoast, Maine, and around the world to explore our shared experience on Earth through the study and celebration of language and culture. Do you have a vision or other guiding principles? We may have had a vision statement that was also part of our mission statement over the years. Excuse me, we that was that served as our mission statement over the years. So when we broke it down last year to rewrite the mission statement, we decided to focus on a more specific mission statement that talks about who we are and what we do. And as that has evolved over the years, we're going to translate that into a revised vision statement, which will describe essentially what the world will look like if we are successful in achieving our mission. So more to come on that for sure. Now, recently we adjusted to doing online programming. Traditionally, we had been uh, an in-person learning school. <laughs> uh, and uh, with that in mind, the, the pandemic certainly put a damper on that. And other factors over the years have also made that difficult. Maine's uh, tumultuous weather is certainly a factor in the winter, especially. 
but also during the summer, we have hot, hot days. Folks don't want to come out. Uh, and so we found a silver lining uh, this past year in the fact that it pushed us to move out all of our programming or all that could be moved online, online. And a year later, we were happy to report that we have uh, more students than ever. We're offering more classes than ever. And we have students and instructors from all over the world now. So something that had been very hyper-localized is now uh, something that is reaching the entire world. What are your recent successes? Well, I'd have to say our language lunch program. This is a free service to the public. Every single weekday and Saturday at noon, we have a different language being hosted and they're a part of a schedule. So typically Monday's always French, Tuesday's always Spanish, that sort of thing. And you can find that schedule on our Facebook page, Penobscot Bay Language School. And essentially these Language lunches are an opportunity for people to practice the language that they're studying, or if maybe they're not studying with us, but they are someone that's interested in learning the language or would like to practice. Uh, this is a great opportunity for everyone. It's an all level, all ages program. Uh, it's been a huge success this past spring and winter because of a number of students from Colby who are part of their civic engagement program. Colby College, located in Waterville, Maine, uh, has recently built uh, a building in downtown Waterville that houses their civic engagement program. And part of that building is a dormitory. And so it's a wonderful addition to Waterville and also a huge support to all the central Maine nonprofits that benefit from the number of students that serve those nonprofits through the civic engagement program. Now, we were fortunate enough, we had a number of students, I think eight altogether, and they helped host French, Spanish, German, Korean, and Chinese language lunches this year. We also offer a Portuguese language lunch, which is on Fridays. Um, and I believe that's it for language lunches. Almost all of them were hosted and run by Colby volunteers. This is something we've been doing for the last year, uh, but their involvement was a huge boost, uh, both in uh, the availability to schedule volunteers and make sure the program was consistent, but also what they added to the conversation. All of these volunteers were multilingual and were able to add to the conversation in the languages that we were focusing on. So that's been a huge success. We're really proud of it. We know that typically there's a summer slump when it comes to the language lunches and who can blame folks when the main weather is uh, pretty hit or miss in the summer. And if you get a chance to go outside, you really need to do it. Uh, however, we plan to continue the program through the summer and look for, forward to uh, bringing back our Colby volunteers in the fall, many of whom have already registered as a volunteer for September. Now, what projects are you excited about? Well, we've been a language school for over 35 years, 34 years. And we've always done a wonderful job at reaching the local needs of folks that were interested in studying foreign languages. We've also had some really successful English immersion programs in the summer and then other languages as well, uh, immersion, usually weekend immersions. The English program is a three-week program that was canceled last year and is currently scheduled to happen this year in July. And we have two folks already registered. So we're looking forward to bringing a few more people on and 
holding that program this year. But of course, COVID has made that very difficult for our international students to make travel plans uh, ahead of time to be here in July. So we will see about that. Nevertheless, this program uh, opened our eyes to the fact that we have uh, a huge opportunity to help people right here in Maine with English as a second language. And although our program isn't really designed to work with immigrants and refugees, uh, because it is an overnight program for three weeks, you know, and that means being pulled away from your family and other responsibilities. So we realized our program wasn't necessarily a good cultural fit. And we are crafting new ways, reaching out to partners and doing our research uh, to find out ways that we can, in fact, bring uh, English language programming to refugees and immigrants that are in need of that service. Uh, I know a lot of Adult ed programs and other community services provide those services locally for folks, but we have also um, heard that there is a lack of English language learning services in the state of Maine, and, and we think we're poised well to help fill that. Nevertheless, we know better than to jump right in without doing our homework, so we're working with a number of organizations to get information, and, as well as continue to look for partners in this, uh, in this area. One organization I would like to point out is the Capital Area New Mainers Project, or CAMP. And they have been great about just sharing information about you know, who needs what sort of services, the different communities and populations of folks, and the varying needs between those groups of folks. And it's been very helpful in us determining uh, how we can move forward. And, and we certainly look forward to any opportunity to partner with them. We're also excited about working with heritage speakers. In, Heritage speakers, for those that don't know, are, are people who spoke a different language other than English um, as a first language that live in Maine. So this obviously includes a number of the folks I was just talking about. We have plenty of heritage speakers of languages from immigrants and refugees, but we also, of course, have a number of heritage speakers right here in Maine with our very multilingual, multicultural history here in Maine. Uh, including French, of course. I know a lot of folks are all already familiar with the Franco-American influence in Maine, but we have a number of Native American tribes as well who have been um, either rekindling interest in the community about uh, Native languages or have worked very hard to preserve languages. And we would love to look at opportunities to work with anyone that is interested in heritage speakers and how we could assist in preserving the language or helping to provide opportunities for folks to learn those languages. Now, of course, um, there are a number of languages here in Maine that are on the verge of being extinct. And there are a number of organizations that are working hard, including uh, different Native American tribes, uh, in particular, I know the Penobscot Nation has done some great work in keeping the language alive. And we know that our language services traditionally would not be the best fit, but with online opportunities opening up, maybe there's an opportunity to lend our infrastructure, our digital infrastructure to help aid in some of these projects. Either way, we'll be continuing to reach out to different organizations that work with heritage speakers and look into ways we could partner with them. So what have been the most challenging aspects of this past year, uh, in particular related to COVID and the pandemic? Well, obviously this has been a rough year for most nonprofits and we're no exception. Everything from charitable funding, inability to deliver programs and services, uh, in person that is, 
volunteer restrictions, and let's face it, fear of the unknown. Uh, last year, a lot of us, you know, really had no idea what we were getting into, and, and that's pretty scary. So many, uh, so with many other factors, uh, it made our private sector social safety net nearly crumble, which is very scary for a lot of us. Now, yes, the CARES Act, amongst other state and federal programs, provided some relief in the form of PPP loans. However, many small nonprofits do not have the resources or in infrastructure to jump through many of the confusing bureaucratic hoops, uh, let alone uh, having a relationship or even access to a bank that can process the PPP loan or grant. So individual donors have been a major factor in keeping our doors open along with so many others, but in many cases, those relationships were put to the tests with an unknown economic forecast this past year due to COVID. Private foundations have also restricted much funding to COVID-related projects, which is commendable, but still leaves out many of the small organizations that do important work in the communities affected by COVID. This is not to say that all foundations are directing all funding toward the pandemic, and we are fortunate in Maine to have so many great foundations to work with. This past year has been challenging for a number of other reasons as well, not just for us, but for our constituency, our students, instructors, staff, volunteers. And we just want to say for all those that work in the nonprofits uh, of Maine, in the nonprofit sector, uh, we know it's been a tough year and we applaud the work you've done and the ability to keep your doors open and continuing to serve your communities. Uh, obviously, some organizations have a much more direct impact or influence on the pandemic recovery and other folks are really looking forward to getting back to providing some of the social services as well as arts and culture programming uh, to the people of Maine, much of which has really suffered this past year. So thank you for all of those in the nonprofit sector keeping this alive. Thank you to all of the funders out there making sure even the small nonprofits uh, are getting the support they need and we look forward to a a more prosperous economy and, and bright future in regard to keeping our doors open, as well as adding new programs and services across the state. So final question for Penobscot Bay Language School. What would you like funders, donors, and listeners to know about your organization right now? Well, two things really. Online classes start June 7th. So come see for yourself the impact we have on the communities of folks we serve. You may be surprised at how easy it is to connect with someone in a new language. Secondly, be sure to take advantage of our amazing takeout fundraiser with Melon Togo Restaurant following our, uh, following our tradition of cultural dinners and culinary events here at the school. We've partnered with Melon Togo Camden with the support of a private donor to have this wonderful takeout event where you get to try some amazing West African and European cuisine uh, for a fraction of the price. Basically, you can get a one or two person four course meal uh, at a price much lower than the menu price. And 100% of what you pay goes to Penobscot Bay Language School. So please visit our website, penobscot.us, and you'll see the fundraiser announcement as you open the page, and you'll find all the details there. But please keep in mind, this is a wonderful opportunity to support a local restaurant, get a great meal for a discounted price, a big discount, and support a local nonprofit. Mail on Togo is a West African European restaurant in Camden, Maine. And listeners may, may be familiar with previous locations in Searsport and Waterville, Maine. The fundraiser ends on May 31st, so please get to that website right away and go ahead and participate in the fundraiser.
Well, that wraps it up for our nonprofit highlight. Um, you will certainly be hearing much more about Penobscot Bay Language School in the future, uh, especially with uh, classes opening up to the public, with our building opening up back up for events in our beautiful backyard, outdoor, and potentially indoor events after the vaccine has had a more successful widespread uh, delivery. And if you are at all interested in Penobscot Bay Language School, learning languages, taking lessons, or other cultural events, please visit www.penobscot.us. Thank you. Now to wrap up our first pilot podcast, I just want to say thank you to everyone that listened. Um, this really was a test run, and we do have some great folks lined up to have uh, some real phone interviews uh, with more than just one person talking to themselves. Um, for those that don't know me, my name is Jared McCannell. I've worked in the nonprofit sector for most of my professional career, uh, and I have recently started working at Penobscot Bay Language School, previously working at a number of places, both private nonprofit and governmental agencies uh, here in Maine and across the country. I look forward to future episodes, and I look forward to inviting my partner in crime to join me in the DJ booth. Kelly McCannell, who is the executive director of Hardy Girls Healthy Women, who I can assume will be a highlight in an upcoming episode. All right. Thank you for listening. We look forward to sharing more nonprofit news from the state of Maine in future episodes. Take care.